please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Justin Monorail, and this is episode number 188 of the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. Today is February 12th, 2024, and I've got a whole bunch of theme park news and tidbits to share with you. But before we get into all that, I've got to welcome in my monorail co-pilots. First of all, let's welcome in the representative from North Carolina. It is Steffers. Steffers, how you doing today? Hello, I have missed you, and I'm so sorry that I have been absent, but I uh, traveled the world. You did. And by you, the world, I mean the, the country. country. Yeah. And that was that was far. You went cross-country. That was impressive. I really did, and all I got was this awesome t-shirt. Just kidding. <laughs> I got a cool sticker of Pedro Pascal that says, Daddy is a state of mind. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, so just speaking about Pedro Pascal for just a second. Mm, daddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. He's a daddy. And, mm-hmm. um, of course, we know him as our beloved Mandalorian. You know, how do you feel about the fact that now in the later seasons of The Mandalorian and probably for The Mandalorian movie, like most of the time, as long as he's got a helmet on, it's not actually going to be Pedro Pascal on the screen. Does that make you sad? I mean, if I can hear him, like I'm okay with it. But maybe that's a hot take. No, I think but it's like fine. <laughs> also he he's been doing a lot. So I I need Daddy to be like you know well rested for the Last of Us. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Yeah, because there is no suit in the Last of Us. He just it's it's all him all the he's time. He's in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, one person that we can always depend on being here in person, whether he's wearing a mask or not, is the man Landon the Dawsdone. Landon, show us that beautiful punum. Where's your face? right here. Hi, everybody. It's me. It's me. It's the DOZ. Landon the Dodstone coming to you from the isolation station. Love. And guess what, everybody? Vacation mode is a go-go. I am officially on vacation. And this week, I am going to be in the happiest place on Earth. Wait, no, not California. Yeah, that's right. I'm going down to the house of the mouse in Orlando, Florida, and I am going to have me a damn good time. Yeah, maybe not the happiest, but definitely the most magical. And we're excited that you're going to be upgrading Orlando back to Orlando's once again. There it is. Hashtag. Or, hashtag man, that's two weeks in a row that my brain just breaks behind the microphone. <laughs> Not as bad as last week. God, wow, that was uh, that was phenomenal. I'm glad that I didn't die. Uh, that uh, that was that was great. But uh, I'm so glad. <laughs> that would have been embarrassing to the smoking hot girlfriend having to go to Disney by herself. <laughs> she would she would have had to just go. She's like, well, the trip's already on the books. We I gotta uh-huh. go. Yep, we, we we have to go. We already bought tickets to go see Hamilton in Atlanta, so I'm gonna go do that, and then I'm gonna go on to Orlando, oh. and 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 we're 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 we already booked Big Fire, so exactly. I'm gonna go do that as well. So you know, okay, 
Can I just say how happy I am that a recommendation I made has like has become your tradition? It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah you did that, Steffers. So, so that's your fault. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll take full responsibility, <laughs> and I am not sorry. So, I just want to say I haven't had a full meal at Big Fire, but I have I'm tired of you. You're a local. I have gone into the Big Fire bar multiple times, and in fact, last night following Mardi Gras. A wonderful celebration at Universal Studios Orlando. Uh, we wrapped it up with a little post-party cocktail at the Big Fire Bar, and we got the artichoke dip, and it was great. It was really good. What what so uh, what what cocktail did you uh, did you get at Big Fire? <laughs> well, as you know, my tradition, ladies and gentlemen, if you followed the Monday Morning Monorail long enough, you know that if Justin goes out and have enough has enough drinks, I will at some point order a pink drink in the evening. <laughs> and last night was no different. So. Of course, Casey has to upstage me by ordering from the old-fashioned menu. They have some really good old fashions. There's a oh, PB yeah, and J. There's a um, there's a smoked the, one. There's a classic the smoked old fashioned. Hell yeah, that, that that thing's like a show. Yeah, the smoked old fashioned's great. I've had that one before. But last night, I don't know why it was calling to me, but I ordered the Big Fire seventy five, and. I don't know why it didn't cross my mind that, of course, this is a little dainty of a drink to be ordering. It comes out the brightest shade of pink you've ever seen in the daintiest little champagne flute. And <laughs> Casey's got her <laughs> nice big cocktail ice glass with her old fashioned in it. Usually when this happens, they deliver the drinks to the wrong person and <laughs> and Casey gets the pink drink and I'll get the No, last night that that uh, Big Fire 75 went right to me. I just embraced it. It's 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 a thing now. It's what happens. Um, and by the way, it was delicious. <laughs> it was really good. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did. I love that for you. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. But at some point, I, I said it last night again. We've we've got to go back and actually have a, a full meal there. So I'm happy for you, Landon. I know you're doing that for Valentine's Day, and and I'm happy you're yep. alive. So yeah, I, I'm happy for both. As a matter of fact, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so. More on Mardi Gras and my universal experience in just a bit. But I say, why don't we kick off today's show by talking a little bit of Walt Disney World news? World. Yep, that's right. We're doing it once again. We are scouring the internet and bringing you the headlines that you are dying to hear from the Central Florida theme parks. And of course, we start with Walt Disney World because that is our roots. Last week, ladies and gentlemen, Disney had their corporate earnings call and they shared very big news, lots of big news. Uh, the main thing is that uh, things are going well and they're making money. Uh, surprise to no one. But even following the the call, Disney shares gained 12% on some of the announcements that they shared. In part, the Taylor Swift Eras Tour is coming to Disney+. Plus. That was one I didn't see coming. Um, is there okay. nothing she can't do? <laughs> Honestly, though, this headline came out and I said, the way she sold her rights to Disney. Mm -hmm. Like... I, I don't know. I like. I'm kind of shocked. In my head, I was like, maybe she'll give it to HBO. You know? Well, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. I mean, I, I so first of all, I think that Taylor Swift has been in the business now. I think that she's. <laughs> I think she's pretty savvy, and I think she learned a lot of lessons over the years. I would be shocked mm -hmm. if this isn't a very limited license for Disney Plus, mm -hmm. and I would say that more than likely, 
it's not going to be on there very long. And Disney did it to just boost their streaming uh, subscriptions because they've got to find a way to make it profitable. And that's been one of Bob Iger's focuses since he's been uh, back as CEO of the Walt Disney Company. So uh, plus, she's getting a pretty penny for that license. (laughs) I mean. Oh, well, that well, that too. And also um, she's making it going back to like you saying she's a really savvy business person now. She's adding stuff to the release, like songs that weren't in the the theatrical version or the one you could rent on demand or whatever it was. So, I mean, Disney is getting if you can't tell I'm a Swifty, Disney is getting like a really good deal because it's it's like five additional songs. Well, plus the concert, that's already three and a half hours. I mean, they are paying for it. I, I can't remember the number exactly. So you all correct me, but I think it was 60 million. Is that right? That they're paying 60 million for the rights to show the Eras tour on Disney plus it's something in that neighborhood. Something that's uh, that's all right. I mean, she no one's losing out on this deal. I don't think. Um, and just like I'm just. Yeah, go ahead. I'm just glad that Taylor Swift can uh, can help this uh, struggling fledgling company. Know. Uh, we know is Disney. I know mm-hmm. it's. Yep. It's really smart. I mean, you know, when they when Disney brought Hamilton to Disney Plus, that was like a big boost in subscriptions and it paid mm-hmm. off for them. And I think this is going to be just like that. So, you 1, know, 1000 percent. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to work. I, I, out. I will be interested to see if they will release uh, Disney Plus subscribers numbers once uh, the Taylor Swift era's tour drops like they did when you mentioned Hamilton, because I think this is going to be a massive boom yeah. when it comes to subscribers, because we've been seeing that Disney plus has been losing subscribers. Like, like I've been a day one subscriber. And as long as I have the funds to stay subscribed to Disney plus, I intend to stay subscribed to Disney plus, but I understand that not everybody is in my position, mm-hmm. and, but adding something like this, I think they are going to see a massive influx in subscribers or people who have let their subscription lap yeah come back for sure yeah it's a good move it's it's definitely good i mean she's the hottest name in in like pop culture right now so it's mm-hmm. you you gotta you gotta strike while the iron is hot um i thought that this piece was pretty interesting because I, I don't know that anybody saw this coming unless you were an insider but the fact that i've got a couple uh, tried and true gamers here on the show I wanted to get your thoughts on this announcement. Disney announced it's investing $1.5 billion in Epic Games to launch a, launch a groundbreaking new games and entertainment universe that brings together Disney's beloved brands and franchises with the hugely popular Fortnite. So as I read through this, it seems to me that not only will this allow greater partnership uh, between Disney and Fortnite, bringing their characters and stories, you know, from across all their universes um, into the game, but also it it opens this door with one of the hottest game developers right now for Disney to try to get back into the video game market. I I know that um, you can look at some of the Star Wars games that have come out over the last couple of years that have been pretty successful, and and I know that there there, there have been some some spot hits, but traditionally. Over the course of time, Disney games have been duds. Um, they just don't do well, and they're not great. So, uh, really, really interesting here, and and the tease of like opening up this Disney gaming universe has really got my mind stirring a little bit. Like, what could we possibly be uh, about to see happen here? Um, I don't know. I mean, 
Steffers, what what are your thoughts? You're you're our streamer. You're the one that's out there, you know, playing the games, uh, the first person shooters, and uh, you're on the front lines. So, uh, what 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 do you I think do about play this? Fortnite, indeed, I I do, yeah. I do play Fortnite. Um, so Fortnite has changed a lot recently. Um, they added like new modes where like they even have like a guitar hero-esque kind of mode they mm-hmm. also have um like a minecraft building mode i think what they're doing mm, i think they should have kept fortnite the way it was and stop adding all this stuff like do separate not separate games but like separate launch i don't know. i i don't agree with them adding all this stuff to to the one game um but Epic Games has updated their um, engine that they use. So I think that in terms of Disney utilizing it, I think that they can come up with some really well-made stuff. Now, the question is, is how much of it is going to be pay to play or like pay to win? Um, That's where my hesitation is. Because Fortnite already has like um, the Star Wars skins, the Marvel skins. So like all of that's already implemented mostly in um, Fortnite already. So I'm, I'm just, I'm hesitant to see like how, how much money they're going to try to squeeze out of people with this new situation. Yeah, definitely. Landon, what do you think? Um, Fortnite has never really done it for me when it comes to gaming. I've tried it a couple of times, just wasn't really my jams. Uh, using a technical term, but I can't deny the fact that it is one of the most popular games at the moment or honestly, most popular games of all time. But when I hear Epic Games, my mind goes back to, I guess, the mid-2000s when they were uh, running and gunning literally and figuratively with the Gears of War series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that's, that's what my mind goes to when I think of Epic Games. But, I mean, even just the just their, I guess, software, their engines and stuff like that, if Disney is investing one and a half billion dollars into that and they're buying that much into Epic, I'm curious to see, A, what comes out of this and B, how Disney is going to use that going forward. And obviously, yeah, we're going to see Disney tie-ins into Fortnite. So get ready to, you know, see Elsa, you know, sniping you from halfway across the map and then doing weird Fortnite dances on top of your corpse and stuff like that. <laughs> She'll that's do the Dougie be on top of you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but like, I'm like, like I'm more interested in seeing what Disney is going to use Epic's software in the future for, yeah. and maybe, maybe not necessarily in Fortnite, how they're going to use that software in maybe maybe we'll see it in in movies uh if i'm remembering correctly uh don't they use some of the uh some of the epic uh software uh to shoot mandalorian am i making i think you're right i think i remember that yeah i and now we're just we're on a podcast so we're saying it so it must be true but i'm i'm almost exactly (laughs) but but i'm almost i'm almost positive that you're right i feel like that's is it like the, uh, well, maybe now I'm thinking about Smuggler's Run because did they not use the Unreal Engine to develop Smuggler's Run? I think that that's Probably probable. I think that's that true. Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, y- you've got applications and potentially TV shows, movies, but also in the parks and development of experiences. Yes, right? it does. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I remembered I something, guys. Oh. I am on fire from bongos to the Unreal Engine. I'm I'm feeling it. Um, I'm proud of you. Oh, but what I was going to say, yeah, 
the that uh kingdom magic kingdoms game where you could like build your own park and like assign the different characters and unlock the different characters it's actually a fun game like it's like a little mobile app i don't know if they ever but they could like make it larger scale and yeah. you can like it, it it's giving uh planet coaster it's giving but like Nah. Yeah, like uh, yeah, and and it's it's kind of crazy. As big of a company as Disney is, it's kind of crazy that gaming has always kind of been a blind spot for Disney. And when they do kind of try and dip their toes into the water of video gaming, like you said, Jay, with the exception of a few games, it's really kind of always gone sideways for Disney. Yeah. So maybe maybe if they do have Epic to kind of guide them into the world of video games, we will start to see uh, Disney have a better success rate when it comes to video gaming. It could be. And, and that's what I'm hoping. So according to this WashingtonPost.com article, again, we are getting highfalutin with our credits here. Um, <laughs> the two companies announced a partnership that would expand the licensing of Disney brands within Fortnite and create a transformational new games and entertainment universe. According to a news release, Disney said the new universe will allow people to play, watch, shop, and engage with content, characters, and stories from Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, Avatar, and more. Um, so that sounds exciting to me. Here's something that came to mind just now while we're talking about this. Isn't it quite interesting that Disney yes. made this? <laughs> Thank you. That Disney made this announcement, and there is this whole pavilion over there in Epcot that we heard about when they announced the transformation of Epcot's uh, World Celebration uh, area and World Nature. Um, and what do they call the section with uh, with space with Mission Space? I can't think of what they call that section. World future, world space, world technology. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. I don't know. One uh, of those things. Uh, but they over there, suspiciously, they've been very, very quiet about the play pavilion. But if you can remember back when they announced the changes to the play pavilion and what we were going to uh, experience whenever they reimagined it and opened it back up, it felt like an immersive, almost like stepping into a video game environment. Um, so it sort of makes me wonder a little bit if some of this will end up leading to the, finally the development of that play pavilion and what kind of experiences we could have there. Hmm. Yeah. Discovery. World discovery. Thank you, Steffers. You're yeah, welcome. We um, let, hear me out. What if they, what a wacky idea this would be. But what if they uh, partnered with Apple and the, that new Vision Pro thing, and it's just a glorified Disney Quest? No, could Anyone? be. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, interact I mean, or whatever you just said from this Washington Post article that has been quoted. I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. it could happen. <laughs> it's not a stretch, guys. We're moving into AI and VR, and and it's you know more updated. Uh, it could be a thing. Well, I think and I'm saying it here first. I, I don't think you're far off. I, I think all of this is worth like keeping an eye on because basically Iger said the strategic idea here is they're recognizing that in order to get visibility with Gen Alpha and Gen Z, you've got to get on the screens. You've got to get in their hands. You've got to be on the consoles mm -hmm. and on the smartphones and on the computers. And, and that's where you're going to be able to engage with this current generation and the ones that are coming up and going to have money and going to be able to come to the parks and all that. So I don't know. I, I think 
there's always a reason behind this stuff um, that goes even further than just what you see on the surface. So I think it could really impact some stuff we see in the parks, and I hope that it does. So we'll, we'll keep an eye closely on that. Um, now, there were a couple other announcements as part of the investors call, the earnings call. Um, one of them, I, I thought this was kind of interesting, is Disney. Um, Disney's ESPN is teaming up with Warner Brothers Discovery and Fox to develop a joint sports streaming service that is scheduled to launch this fall. Um, the sports streaming app is going to combine offerings from traditional broadcast television networks and ESPN Plus streaming. Um, as together, the companies have the rights for some content from the NFL the NBA and the FIFA World Cup, among others. So that's interesting, too. I feel like sports streaming has always been a tricky market. And I think at one point there were some signs that Disney might be trying to spin off uh, ESPN. But maybe this is a sign that they're they're going to double down and see if they can get this done and, and done the right way. Um, maybe more interesting to those that are listening to this show, Moana 2! <laughs> Moana 2 is coming. So now this was supposed to be a show streaming on Disney Plus, but it's now going to be an animated film coming out this year, uh, November 27th, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Steffers, you let you your pro Moana 2 in the theaters. All right. Listen here. L- listen here, y'all. We, we already know how I feel about Moana. I think uh, I'm, I, I believe Moana is doing too much. You know what I'm saying? But I will say that um, I, I like that they decided to do a movie instead of a show. And this is why. With a show, you risk the you risk like milking it for all it's worth where you where shows like go on for way too long. Like there are shows today that like just you need to end. Like please, <laughs> like stop trying to spin some storyline. With this, there in theory should be like a clear plot, a clear direction, like it'll be confined to, you know, Two, two, three, however long they're going to make this movie. And like, it'll be more, I feel like it'll be more meaningful as a movie than the show that we were supposed to get. That might be a hot take, but I just, I really don't want to see a show that like spans and spans and spans when really like you have one story to tell that could have been like, I'll sit there for three hours and watch a Moana movie. Like, <laughs> three I hours? I would, what? I, I mean, listen, <laughs> listen. I, I channeled my inner inner Marvel self and I just said three <laughs> hours just because, you know, you never know. But like I'd sit there and watch, you know, a Moana movie. I just don't know if I have it in me to I don't know how they could execute a show as well, in my opinion. Yeah. Interesting. OK, I I think I I believed that the Moana series that was coming to Disney Plus was going to be like a limited series, not like just mm. an ongoing thing. Um, hmm. But. It's just an interesting move because I think maybe it shows a little bit some of Disney's strategy here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe they determined, oh, they could they could have looked at the series because at this point, if it's coming out November 27th, it's largely done, I would say. Mm-hmm. So that means that they looked at the series and they thought to themselves, OK, we could do this, but it seems like maybe there's some filler time that we could cut out. Maybe we could just chop this down to two hours, put it in the theaters draw people out and then and then drop it on streaming later because here's the thing i think we all know this movies that debut exclusively on streaming are that just don't don't do as well as these big uh epic releases that they put out in the theaters um 
And I and I think that I, and I know this was partly because of the pandemic, but you look at things like Soul um, and uh, Turning Red. Turning Red. Yep, that's a good example. Oh, great movies. Yeah, they're. Great. I, mm-hmm. I think yeah. both of them are great. Absolutely, but but they both of them absolutely missed out on the popularity that they could have gained. Oh. Had they been in theaters, right? Mm -hmm. I another thing that I've noticed with Disney too, and maybe it's maybe because I'm we're in this like niche uh, or this community of of Disney lovers, so we keep up with this stuff. But the marketing just they haven't, in my opinion, they haven't been investing as much in marketing their stuff Mm -hmm. as I feel like they could be or should be. Yeah, and I I think the shock of a Moana two earned a lot of its hype versus like anything else. Steffers, I really I liked the rhythm of that phrase, the shock of a Moana too. It felt very Polynesian <laughs> to me. <laughs> Thank you. I tried. I really tried. That was that was well, great. Well, speaking speaking on Disney and their marketing, uh going back to Soul and turning red, did y'all know that Soul was recently in theaters and Turning Red is currently in theaters right now? Yeah. Well, exactly. So they're bringing them out. Yeah. yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Because (laughs) they missed their time in theaters due to the pandemic. So, I mean, kind of talking on what you were referring to, Steffers, um, once again, Disney is like, you need to you need to put this stuff front and center. It's like I want to experience these on the big screen and I'm I mean, I'm gonna go see Moana too when it comes out in November of this year. And I'm more excited to go see a Moana film than I would be, oh, okay, cool. A Moana TV show is gonna be dropping on Disney Plus, a streaming service that I'm already signed up oh. for. Now I, I will say it's like I am kind of bummed that Lynn Manuel Miranda is not returning yeah. to write the music for Moana too, but at the same time it's like that's not going to stop me from going to see this. I can like Moana independently of me liking Lin Manuel Miranda. Did he add to the original one thousand percent? I think that is that, that's something that can't be denied. His music is what made Moana so good, but at the same time, that's not what made Moana. Yeah. So it's um, like I've, I've I've seen some people say it's like oh well without Lin Manuel Miranda this just goes to show that you know this is Disney ham fisting something and throwing it up on screen. I let's 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 slow our roll on that. One. Yeah, I don't know about that. I also just I just had a a brain blast. Sorry, that's the wrong uh, <laughs> wrong company. But um, they also I just got an email from Disney Plus. Bob Iger. This oh, past week. <laughs> no, not quite. Disney Plus, but they're also starting to do the same thing Netflix did in terms of same household. Mm-hmm. Um, like you can't watch oh. it from what mm-hmm. different households or whatever. So I yeah, feel like the they're, yeah, they made this move in light of that move because I know a lot of people, once Netflix announced that, they canceled their Netflix subscription. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. And not to say that people are going to start canceling their Disney Plus, but I think they see the the possibility of that. So they're giving them a different avenue, yeah. you know, to be more profitable or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And aren't they also rolling out new paid tiers and introducing like ads to Disney Plus and stuff like that? <laughs> yes. Shut up. They're not. They're they're doing ads. I like skimmed yes. that email. Let me tell you how much I skimmed that email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not uh, not great for the uh, consumer. It's not. Mm-hmm. We're just no, going I'm back surprised. to what we had before. 
Like, yeah, right. We're going back to TV. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, cable's coming back, uh, big guys. Ugh. Yeah, it's a problem. I just, no, no, no. Speaking of that streaming service that Disney and what uh, uh, Warner Brother is, uh, and and who else are they? Uh, that that is, I think low key. That is that is kind of a big deal that Disney and Warner Brother and Fox are teaming up for a for a sports streaming service. I think uh, we. I just made the joke that you know cable's coming back big. That right there could pull a lot of people away from cable because I'll be honest, the only thing that keeps me signed up for cable is to watch sports live. And if you're telling me I have the option to watch my football, my basketball, my professional wrestling on a streaming platform, that might be the thing that gets me to cut the cord. Mm. And the fact that Disney is doing it with Warner Brother and Fox. That is like, really? Which okay. brother do you think they picked? I'm thinking it's Yakko. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm thinking it was actually the uh, Warner sister, Doc. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I So I use Hulu plus live TV uh, because I need my sports. Like, that's the main reason. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really watch, other than Jeopardy, I do watch Jeopardy live. You're so cute. <laughs> I'm old, <laughs> Steffers. <laughs> watch jeopardy i do i love jeopardy um but aside from that it's sports that's why i need live tv so yeah it could be and and that's true for a lot of people that i that i talk to about this kind of thing so um i wanted to ask just really quick before we move on to the next thing onward onward was a movie that came out in 2020 specifically on disney plus uh because of the pandemic i feel like onward was never given a fair shake um and i really really wonder if people had gone to the theaters to see that movie, if it would be looked at differently than it is being a pandemic streaming service movie, I, I think it was just sort of like cast aside. And I think that was unfair. I like Onward personally, um, but maybe I'm in the m- minority there. Um, I only recently saw Luca um, and I really well, liked it. Luca was great. I saw really Luca it. before Onward. Yeah. Well, Onward was fine, but but Luca again is a streaming movie that I wish I had the opportunity to see on a big screen because that is just a beautiful movie, mm-hmm. and like 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 the visuals in that movie are just something to behold. And I hate that I didn't get the chance to see that on a massive screen. Yeah. All right. Here's 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 the hot take. Okay. Well, I think anything. Let, let me let me not do a hot take. Let me just make a statement. I think we lost a lot obviously from the pandemic like in terms of the movies because onward coming out in 2020 like i wasn't i was too busy worrying about the pandemic to really like not invest in movies but like to pay attention to all of that and i think once 2021 hit and all that stuff started rolling out it it was there was something alleviated where people were starting to pay attention more yeah so i think what they should have done or what they I mean, I guess they're kind of doing it now is they recycle through and then they start putting stuff in theaters now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that's 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 kind of what Disney's doing. We we, we uh, mentioned it. Soul had its uh, theatrical run currently turning reds, having its theatrical run. And I yeah. assume maybe eventually Luca will as well. So we will have that opportunity to go see it on the biggest screen possible. Yeah, that's great. Um, I enjoyed Onward. It hit my heart in the field. I I really liked it. Yeah, know. Onward Onward was good, but I couldn't finish it due to uh, personal because it uh it 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 yeah. hit a little too close to home. Yeah. 
mood. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> okay. So let's now transition to park news. And this, this is, again, it was part of the investor's call, but this will sort of ease us into the theme parks now. So Bob Iger uh, referencing the $60 billion commitment they've made to invest in parks and experiences over the next decade said about 70% of that is earmarked for incremental capacity expanding investments. Every Disney theme park and cruise line will receive a portion of the investment. Iger continued to build on the comments he made last November that he wants Disney to focus on turbocharging growth at the parks and experiences division. So um, also the division generated 9.1 billion in revenue um, during the first quarter of 2024 for them. Their, their, their quarter starts in October. Um, so, um, it's, it's, it doesn't follow the calendar, but anyways, this is an interesting thing to talk about because I feel like some people see that and, you know, and and I'm not going to call anybody else specifically because this is just obviously when you see incremental, like capacity expanding investment, it's hard to understand really what that might mean because when you go to the parks now, you might say it's crowded and busy enough as it is. They don't need to be expanding capacity. What I actually think this means, uh, just trying to read the tea leaves a little bit, it, it's not that they're trying to just find ways to cram more peoples in the park, peoples in the parks. It's that they're trying to uh, actually build more attractions and more space to spread out those crowds. Because right now, all the parks have a quote unquote, quote unquote fixed capacity based on the attractions that they have, the space that they have, the restaurants, shops, all that stuff. Um, now, just talking about how many people come to the parks every day, you can court, you can kind of get an idea. Are they filling up that space at this point? Now they've, they've raised the park capacity limitations. We're totally out of the COVID um, lower park capacity times. And now if you go look at the park calendar for like a annual pass holder and you want to make a reservation, I would say 99% of the days you're going to be able to do that. And what that means is none of the parks are hitting capacity and they're not going to. That's just not. So so it's not that, oh, it's not just we're going to find more ways to get more people in the parks and not add anything. They're talking about additional attractions, additional lands, additional space. And this is just the parks um, for the for the cruise line. What that means is they're going to add ships. Um to not only, yes, they will be able to bring more people in, but it's also going to spread those people out. So my hope is that it has a dual benefit. Disney gets higher capacity or more turnstile revenue. And we as guests have more attractions and things to do in the parks. And that's what I take that to mean. Not that they're just going to refurbish, you know, Big Thunder Mountain for the 10th time. We're actually going to get beyond Big Thunder Mountain, right? That's mm-hmm. that's kind of how I read that. Am, am I, do you think I'm way off? Landon? No, I don't. I don't think you're way off. And I think that's a smarter way to look at it. They're going to be adding to the parks to give the higher capacity customers stuff to do as opposed to just, all right, cool. We're going to add 2000 more people into Magic Kingdom and we're not going to give that extra 2000 more people anything to do. I I think uh, that is a smarter way to look at it and quite frankly that's a smarter way for disney to look at it because you want to give people something new something uh the new hotness as it were to look forward to come down to your park to get excited to come down to your park and experience um 60 
billion dollars over the next 10 years in the parks and experience division. Uh, that is that is very exciting. I'm looking very much forward to what Disney is going to be cranking out. Um, I'm going to throw this at both you and Steffers. What is something y'all want to see them do with this $60 billion? Because I know we we're just talking about Moana and Steffers said that Moana is doing a whole lot in the parks. As big as an influence Moana has on the parks and yeah, we have the walkthrough experience in Epcot. I'm low-key kind of stunned that we don't have like a Moana dark uh, ride experience. Yeah, I would agree. I I almost feel like now y'all can jump all over me if this is going to touch a nerve. But, <laughs> but I'm just going to say I think, especially with the journey of water being where it is in Epcot, I would kind of be interested to see Moana take over the seas. And maybe do something different with Nemo. Because um, that Nemo ride, I, I think kids like it. And you go in the aquarium. But once you're in the aquarium, yeah, there's some Nemo theming. and You've got Turtle Talk with Crush. But maybe make it... Uh, I, I can't come up with a good uh, alliteration here. But maybe it's a conversation with Hey Hey. I don't know. Uh, hey Hey doesn't conversation talk. Conversation with <laughs> Hey Hey. <laughs> hey Hey with Hey Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Uh. (laughs) okay wait but touching on that you actually could have like a historical like cultural uh educational thing in there sure i could like learn from the the you know i I mean i knew where you were going with that but you said hey hey and my mind went (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's talking poop Um, with pua i don't know Okay, so I do, I, yes, I say that Moana has a lot going on. But what I am going to say is, is the things that they did, I don't think that they've utilized her to her fullest potential. Like, I, I, not that the journey of water is not great. Frozen got a whole, I have to mind my words. Frozen got a whole ride. I feel like Moana yeah. could have had a ride. No, I know. But then, uh, yeah. The thing is, is what are you going to do? Make a reshade of the aerial, the Little Mermaid ride, but make a Moana? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it has to be a little different. Like, I mm-hmm. mm. Moana you know has I mean? to have like, a boat that's ride. What I'm afraid. I want more boat rides, and I want a Moana, a Moana <laughs> boat ride. The fact that we don't have a Moana boat ride feels borderline criminal. It is. Yeah, let's call it criminal right now. Charges are being filed <laughs> against Bob okay. Iger. In 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 the world of theme parks, I'm not like like. Come on, y'all. I'm just kidding. I just thought it was a funny thing to take and <laughs> I run know, with. I know. I'm yes anding. Um, <laughs> Steffers, since you're the universal yes. expert, I want to know um, how much is the budget for construction of Epic Universe? Do you know? I'm gonna because um, I'm gonna Google know, it. I just wanted you to guess. <laughs> um, how much money is Universal spending on Epic Universe? Uh, because I'm gonna guess. I have no idea, honestly. Um, a billion? Like oh, one- wait, how much was uh how much did we just say they invested sixty billion? Sixty billion over the next decade. Yeah. Like one to five billion maybe. Because that uh, For if, Epic? If, if 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 you're going where I think you're going, the thought did cross my mind, is Disney going to announce a fifth uh, gate between now that, and that next decade? I think that's the question that Disney fans want to know. Am hmm. I close? Did you Google it? I Googled it. It says that the Epic Universe project is expected to cost three hundred and fifteen million. To me, that seems low. That does seem low. Uh, I but know th- as of September, and so this is different. As of September, AllEars.net estimates Epic Universe will cost somewhere between three and four billion. That's probably more correct. 
So if Disney is putting in sixty billion over the next ten years, but that's across is. all parks, so not just yeah, yeah, Orlando, and and experiences, including the including the ships. But Bruce I think they Lines, said yeah. I think they said something like Orlando was going to get seventeen billion or something. But at the I same just, time, they're still they still have their ongoing feud with the uh, noted Disney villain, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. So are they going to be a little gun shy to invest that much in the state of Florida? Maybe. Can I be honest with y'all? Hmm. See Disney. And I don't mean this as a dig or anything. I feel like they're just going to build another cruise ship. Well, they, that's, they are doing like, that. I, I mean, like, I feel like they've invested a lot in their cruise lines. And like, yeah. I, I mean, Fifth Gate, maybe. But like. I think we would get an expansion versus a, a fifth gate. Like I, w- I feel like we would get an expand, like beyond the Thunder Mountain doodad, which Majinker. I agree with versus you, an actual park. I think, I think. Well, that we've said that before. Yeah, I think. I think so because I think they could move faster on that than getting a whole new park built. And I think that Disney, mm-hmm. Disney does need to somehow respond, um, probably. Um, over the next, we'll say over the next decade, they, they've got to have some sort of response to Epic. I know I was listening to uh, the Dillos uh, theme park Thursday and they were talking about Epic and, and um, whether or not it was going to really impact Disney. And um, they told me not to listen to that episode. I think, <laughs> I think Jen was saying, Jen was saying she doesn't feel like it will. I think it has to, because I've been hearing people say like, and these are just people that I talk to casually, not like extremely big Disney fans or anything. But they've said, you know, I've never planned a specific universal trip to go and stay like at a universal hotel and do the parks for like multiple days. But after Epic opens, I'm going to do that. So <laughs> and, and and that's not an isolated incident. I've heard a lot of people say that. So it, it, I think it probably will, you know, and who knows what, what what's the impact? Three percent of attendance. I don't know. But if it hits Disney's pocketbook at all, they're not going to like that. So I think they got to have something in the chamber, right? I mean, if if Disney doesn't respond in any way, I think that is going to be a tone deaf response from mm-hmm. Disney. They they, they they are responding. They have to do something. I yeah. mean, like Universal has really upped their game over the last few years. And if Disney isn't paying attention, eventually Universal is going to overtake. Them. Yeah. And then there's SeaWorld. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, we did it! That's six weeks in a row. Guys. Yeah. Oh, it's Sea World. Where's the air horn? Sound the horn. Sound yeah. the horn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to announce we are now the official podcast of Sea World Orlando. After mentioning Sea World six times on six consecutive episodes, we uh, did it, guys. <laughs> I Sea World's fun. Um, okay, so. Just just looking at some things that are coming to the parks in the near term uh, that we know about. So Disney released a, a timeline of major openings at parks and experiences through 2026. Thank you to WDW Magic for compiling this list. Part of that is the reimagining of Test Track, which I totally forgot about. Oh, um, yeah, that is happening. Yeah, that's happening. Um, and Zootopia's replacement of It's Tough to Be a Bug, which is another thing I forgot about. But um, something that's coming up even sooner than that is the relaunching of the um, Little Mermaid show at Hollywood Studios. And that could be coming sooner than expected. I mean, right now, the opening date is fall of 2024. um, But 
Disney, uh, uh, according to Blog Mickey, Disney has started casting for performers and puppeteers, which I'm so excited to hear that. I hope they're blacklight puppets again. That'll be great uh, for the new Little Mermaid show at Hollywood Studios. Uh, the previous show, The Voyage of the Little Mermaid, closed during COVID-19 and has nothing's opened up there since. Uh, the brand new show, The Little Mermaid, A Musical Adventure, is coming and maybe coming sooner sooner than we thought. But um, some other things uh, that we've got coming up, the opening of Epcot Communicore Hall. I want everybody to track that I did say my expectation is that the whole reason Flower and Garden Festival is ending early is there's going to be a big grand opening of Communicore Hall and like the new world celebration in Epcot. Put it on the board right now, and I will. I expect my flowers if that comes true. I expect you can't get your flowers. They're ending flower and garden. Early, oh, don't. you're right. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, but I just want to keep that on the board that I did say that. Um, new Star Tours characters and stories. I didn't know that was coming. Uh, 2024, and of course we get the reimagining of the Country Bear Jamboree sometime in the summer of 24. But let us not forget. <sighs> Tiana's Bayou Adventure is oh. is coming to Walt Disney World and Disneyland in 2024. Um, yes, it is. Yeah. So uh, good stuff. Exciting things to look forward to. But I'm looking for that big, huge splash. <laughs> excuse. Excuse the pun. <laughs> um, whoops. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> you know what we're not getting, which is why I sighed. Why? What? The updated Spaceship Earth. That's right. Not on the list. Yeah, yeah that's another just, thing I forgot uh, they said they were going to do. I just want it because Spaceship Earth is such a classic ride that I know that they could like just add to it. It's not even like getting rid of stuff. It's literally just adding the technology that we have. Whatever. <laughs> I'm going to stop. I'll stop. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm very passionate about Spaceship Earth. I am too. It's funny though that like you're so passionate about it, but you do want the updates because there are a lot of people who go the other way. Very passionate, but don't think it needs to be changed. So I think that we live in a new world, and as Epcot is, you know, updating with world with all the different worlds and stuff. Like I, like I said, I don't think we should take X Y Z things out. I think you still walk through the history, but like history has changed. That's true. Or has been, you wow. know, technology has updated itself. So like I think. It would be in their best interest to, uh, you know, add a VR headset or something. I don't really want to put on a VR headset after like hundreds of sweaty tourists have been putting on the same VR headset. No, I meant in a scene in the ride, oh. not literally. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I took For it the way that, that Jay did as well. It's like no. we're wearing, we're wearing Keep- VR headsets now. <laughs> Keep the same ride, same everything the same, but but like forget it. I quit. I just quit. Steffers has quit the podcast. We did it, ladies and gentlemen. Woohoo! Wow, midway through the podcast too, we got her to quit. That's a that's an accomplishment. Uh, <laughs> no, hey, we already have a VR headset on the Carousel of Progress. So yes, channel that energy. Channel it. Channel There's now a Vision Pro, man. There's a Vision oh, Pro. Oh, they should update that. The, in there. They should put I, that on Carousel of Progress. 
Yes, Carousel of Progress, you know, that attraction where the technology definitely hasn't uh, bypassed <laughs> it or anything. <laughs> it's so funny. But, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that they're finally doing something with that little mermaid space in Hollywood Studios and the fact that that show is coming back because yeah. that show was really cool. Oh, I loved it. it. It definitely felt dated, but that was kind of what was cool about it. Like You had like some laser effects going on. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, for, uh, for the sea. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> That was cool. I, I hope that they retain some of that. I know they're going to update it and there'll be cool new effects and stuff, but don't get rid of all the lasers. Not all of them, please. That's my request. Um. So anyway, we'll see. But that's exciting. I'm glad it's coming back. And, and I think, though, we were kind of watching to see was that whole area going to be uh, redone, revamped, something mm-hmm. new. Um, but now that that show's coming back, Maybe that means that the Star Wars launch bay isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Could be a good thing. Could be a bad thing. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, that that is a that is a big chunk of real estate over there in Hollywood Studios that, uh, I mean, kind of feels like it could be put to better use for the lack of a better term. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars launching bay is what it is. And then I know they have the uh, what the uh, Disney Junior like like yeah. Vampirella dance parties or whatever happens over there. Yep. Like I mean, I'm I'm clearly not the target market for for that area, and 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 it has its purposes. But I mean, like they wanted to do something in Hollywood Studios. I mean, they have the they have the real estate. You know, Landon, you were asking for people to give you recommendations of bars and restaurants and and things you haven't done uh, for you and the smoking hot girlfriend when you come back down the, the next week. Um, I think you should do the Disney Junior Dance Party. I'm sure you've never done it. Why not? Go ahead. What, go go uh, go uh, uh, shake my butt with Fancy Nancy. Yeah, absolutely. Just don't get kicked out of the park. Well, well, dang it, Jay. You know when I when I get down and I throw cake, I am gonna get kicked out of the uh, out of the park. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I got so much cake to throw, y'all. <laughs> I don't think you're ready for this jelly. Um, oh, I hate myself. <laughs> Steffers stays on mute. No comment from Steffers. Absolutely no comment from Steffers. Well, Steffers really might one. quit. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So that's going to wrap up the the Disney news of the day, guys. Yesterday, I got to go to Universal Mardi Gras for the first time this Mardi Gras season, and it was glorious. They are bringing it once again this year. It's bigger. It's better. It's wonderful. Um, got to Did the you park. See the All American Rejects. We saw the All American Rejects. Oh. <laughs> yeah, muting we again. Stayed for the concert. Um, it was a great, great day, and got to see a lot of friends. Um, really, really fun. Actually, ran into Chris. Ear to ear travel. He was doing his live stream, and we had just hit up the China booth. Casey specifically wanted to find food that wasn't spicy because everything we were getting was spicy. It was tearing up her stomach. We go to the China booth. We got one of everything, all three of the food items. All three of them were extremely spicy. (laughs) So uh, that did not bode well for her future uh, stomach situation. But uh, really, really good. I I was going to give just a, a couple recommendations. First of all, yes, Landon, you are correct. There was a whole slider on top of the Bloody Mary uh, this Lord. year, yeah, I, I I saw that picture, and it's like in years past. I know Bloody Marys now come with like you know a whole appetizer stuck into into them, but it's like 
Is that a slider? Yeah, it's a hot chicken slider, and it was spicy. That's one thing I'll tell you. I was very surprised. I, I've said it in the past. I'll say it again. Typically, when a theme park tells you a food is spicy, it's not. It's it's mild or maybe on the border of medium. A lot of the items that we tried yesterday that were marked as spicy were like legit spicy. Had my lips tingling. I loved it. Uh, Casey was suffering. <laughs> so, yeah, um, but but really, really good. Uh, we, we hit up several of the items that I wanted to try. And I just wanted to give a couple of my highlights from the food booths. So the first thing, of course, we went to the Bloody Mary. We got the wild Bloody Mary and we got a new blinky cup for this year. And it comes with the hot chicken slider. Delicious. The Bloody Mary did not disappoint. Um, I had tweeted out on X um, and tagged Universal Orlando that I was coming out to Universal to, you know, try some food, grab some beads, see a concert, all that. And they recommended they responded to me because they're great. Their social media is great. But Universal Orlando recommended we go to the China booth and try the spicy smashed cucumber. And and we did. We absolutely took them up on that recommendation. It was great. Actually, all three of the food items in the China booth were great. The Szechuan noodle salad, spicy cold noodle salad with cucumbers, peanuts, cilantro, and scallions for $5.99. Fabulous. Spicy, spicy smash cucumbers. Um, spicy marinated cucumbers with peanuts, cilantro, and scallions, $5.99. Great. And the pot stickers, which come with a chili oil dipping. They're pork pot stickers with a chili chili oil dipping sauce. The, that dipping sauce was no joke. Um, really spicy, but really good. I would recommend all three of those if any of those sound good to you at all. Um, we hit up the Germany booth and tried the chicken schnitzel and currywurst. The chicken schnitzel was eight ninety nine and the currywurst was seven ninety nine. Both fantastic. I I knew I was going to love the chicken schnitzel. The currywurst may have been one of my favorite things I had yesterday. It was. It was great. It's a crispy skin German bratwurst sliced and topped with a spicy curry tomato. Um, and it was it was very, very good. I also tried Casey got a couple uh, servings of the Rattler, which is the same grapefruit Schafferhofer that they have in Epcot. Um, I tried the Celebrator um, and it was very nice. If you like a if you like a doppel, I mean a dunkle. Sorry. If you like a dunkle, it was a very good dunkle. Um, and then we also tried the beignets last year i was disappointed with the beignets i didn't love them uh this year the uni- the, the the beignets at, at mardi gras lived up to the hype they were they're actually really good they're i don't know they were like puffier crispier this is somewhat early in the festival so maybe they degrade as the festival goes on but i was very proud of how they did with the beignets this year um casey tried the espresso martini she liked it, but she said that the stuff that they put on top of it is not great. Um, so she didn't necessarily give like a full throat recommendation. The category five punch with the uh, the cr- the cruisin dark rum, Myers dark rum, lime juice, orange juice, simple syrup, passion fruit puree, and grenadine. Very very good. Um, there are things we definitely didn't get to that we wanted to. Uh, so we still have items on the list that we're gonna have to to revisit. And and, uh, and try, but yeah, I mean, so far I didn't have anything I, I just didn't like and the drinks were good. The vibes were immaculate as they always are at Mardi Gras. The, we stayed for the parade. We actually watched the parade uh, almost right in front of Revenge of the Mummy. Um, it was a decent location. It wasn't too bad, but 
like once the parade passed us, it was it was like a madhouse trying to get to the stage to see the concert. And by the time we got there, um, there was no standing room available in the concert space. Uh, so we tried to find a spot and we were going to like squeeze in, but it was like shoulder to shoulder. There was nowhere to squeeze into the crowd. So we ended up having to go back and stand um, almost in front of the Minions Cafe, a little bit over. Um, and we met up with some friends over there, but we we were sort of like way back. So my takeaway from that was if you if there's a concert that you really want to see as part of Universal Mardi Gras, you've got to make sure to stake out your spot even before the the parade starts. And I, it's sort of going to have to be a one or, one or the other kind of thing. I'm, I'm glad that we saw the parade. I always love the parade. It's so much fun. We caught a ton of beads. The floats are great. But we sacrificed getting like a decent viewing spot, which we probably would have had to stake out. There, there were people when we when we walked through like past the amphitheater at like I want to say it was around now uh, three or four o'clock. The concert didn't start until eight thirty. There were like it was almost all full of people sitting down staking out their spots for the concert at eight thirty. So yeah, so. Just something to keep in mind. I, I don't know that, you know, every concert is going to be that packed, but... And the All-American Rejects were great. They played all the hits. It was it was so much fun. It was... What we could see of it, it was fun. And we heard it, so it was good. But it was a good time. It was a successful uh, 2024 first trip to Universal Mardi Gras. Always highly recommended if it's something that you've never done and Landon, I'm excited for you and uh, and the smoking hot girlfriend to do it uh, this year. It's it's such a good time. Yeah, we're uh, super excited. We're going to be attending on uh, Friday of this week, uh, heading down to. Uh, we're only doing uh, studios. We are not doing uh, park hopping, so we will not be going to islands. But we are definitely looking forward to uh, eating some good food, drinking some good drinks, and then uh, watching that parade at the end of the night because that Mardi Gras parade is just top notch. It's it is, good. It is a uh, must do experience, in my opinion. Yes, absolutely. We were told now. Uh, one thing I will tell you: we were told by some of the friends we ran into yesterday that the pina colada that you can get from the Puerto Rico booth is not good. So you can really? avoid. Okay. So you can avoid that. Um, the category five punch, like I said, it's good. If you're a rum drinker, it's good. It's a sweet drink. Um, the Bloody Marys always hit for me. Always a hit. There were a couple drinks we didn't get to try, but uh, but hopefully. Like if you guys try something else, you know, definitely bring back your take notes and bring back your recommendations and thoughts uh, when you get back to town. Definitely can do that. Yeah. So very, very good stuff. Uh, we already did it once, but I'm just going to say SeaWorld one more time. Uh, and <laughs> one one thing they were celebrating, they officially completed the Penguin Trek uh, roller coaster track. It's now complete. So that's very exciting. I'm excited for Penguin Trek. I think that's going to be a fun coaster. Penguins, penguins, oh, yeah. penguins, penguins. We love it. We love the penguins. Um, also, Cocktail Bob, who has uh, annual passes to every theme park in Florida, um, he mentioned to me that he has gone over to the Seven Seas Food Fest a couple of times. He tried the lobster roll as part of the Seven Seas Food Fest, and he thought it was excellent, which, if you don't know Cocktail Bob, he's a native New Englander. That seems to me to be a rave. That's a rave review. So... If you like a lobster roll, you might want to try that one out. I like lobster rolls. I just, you know, I'm, I'm a little far, so I don't think I'll be able to try it. 
Yeah, we'll have to live uh, vicariously through a cocktail, Bob. (laughs) (sighs) Well, you know, maybe I should give out his contact information to everyone who listens to the (laughs) podcast because he loves to let me know that he's got guest passes. He's like, don't don't get a pass. If you want to come, just let me know and you can go with us and we'll get you we'll get you in on the guest pass because he's got several. If you're if you're a top tier SeaWorld pass holder, you get a lot of guest passes. I have his phone number. Please hold. There you go. Yeah, let's go ahead and give it out on the podcast, Jay. It is. Yeah, give give Bob a call. Tell him to get you in there for that lobster roll. Um, all right. So we've done it. That's the news. Uh, went a little bit long today, but we had a lot. I mean, coming out of the, the earnings call from Disney, a lot of stuff to talk about. So um, why don't we take a little break right here? When we come back on the other side. We're going to continue our series shining a light on people of color who have contributed to the theme parks that we all love so much. And this week, we're going to chat a little bit about Charita Carter, who, by the way, is the lead Imagineer behind The Princess and the Frog, Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the monorail. It is me, Papa Monorail, and I'm here with Steffers and Landon, the Dawes Dome. And today, we continue the Monday Morning Monorail Black History Month series by shining a light on people of color who have contributed in major ways to the theme parks. And today, our focus is on Charita Carter. So, Landon, Steffers, I sent you some articles that we could read. Um, Charita Carter has the distinction of being the first African-American woman executive producer of Walt Disney Imagineering. And it's crazy. I mean, I know, I guess I shouldn't be extremely shocked by this, but um, this only happened just in the last couple of years that she was promoted to to this position. Um, crazy to think over the history of, of Disney parks, uh, developing parks and attractions and all that, that they never did have a uh, a black uh, man or woman to be a uh, a lead executive producer for Walt Disney Imagineering. Well, I guess this is specifically one. So I would have to fact check myself because Lanny Smoot may have had that distinction as we talked about him last week. Um, but with the uh, the reimagining of Splash Mountain into Tiana's Bayou Adventure, um, Charita Carter got to be uh, got the distinction of of being nominated as the as the lead for the project, uh, the first for an African American woman. So she is responsible for creating, collaborating, and developing Disney's parks and experiences from ideation to execution. Uh, recently, Carter held the position of senior creative producer and development manager of Walt Disney's Imagineering Scenic Illusion Team, a cohesive integration group committed to developing new applications and techniques to furnish designers efficiently with multiple storytelling capabilities. Um, one of the things I found really inspiring and fascinating about Charita's story is that she started out as just a, a project accountant 
with Walt Disney. That's what I just read, and I was shocked. Yeah, with that. yeah, with the Walt Disney Company. She was just an accountant, just like me. She's just like me. She just working, like doing the bean counting, balancing the ledgers. Um, but but what you know, what an amazing rise and what a change and redefining of her uh, career. Um, I, I read about how like. Disney did a, a really great job of sort of identifying her strengths and, and putting her in the room with people where her ideas were actually being listened to and valued and to the point where um, she moved on and was promoted into creative, into Imagineering. Um, so I have this article from blackgirlnerds.com. And one of the questions they asked was, how long have you worked for Disney Imagineering team? And she said, I've been with Imaginary for uh, 22 years. When I think about it, it's gone by so fast. But I will mention, I actually started out in accounting. So for the first 12 years of my career, I was in accounting. And then I became a financial analyst for the creative division. That opened up the door for me to work very closely with our creatives and our producers. And that eventually led to me managing a concept lab where we come up with techniques and tools for how we tell our story so that our designers have more tools and we develop a critical mass of those types of things. We call them scenic illusions. So that opened up the door for me to become a producer and start bringing those things in front of our guests. Um, so that's crazy. I mean, how how it's inspiring, but also if you kind of put yourself in, in her shoes, like how intimidating to go from just being, you know, an accountant and just kind of being in the room and, and working with people from executing projects but from a financial perspective to actually being put in front of like you know peers who have been doing it longer than you with different credentials and and being put on the spot to like come up with these ideas and concepts and and um but but actually being listened to but it gives me anxiety just thinking about like man what was day one like for her when she made that jump no kidding. <laughs> I mean, seems like a lot of pressure, especially, you know, being that she is like she's a black woman coming up in the company where it, at least before she did it, no one has ridden, risen um, to the level that she had. So really, really um, awesome. Really in interesting. Um, she was a big part of developing Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway as well. So she was involved in that project. Um, which is pretty pretty awesome too, because before Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway existed um, in Hollywood Studios, and now it's in Disneyland as well, there was never a ride that focused just on Mickey and Minnie. This was the first one in the theme parks that did that. So to be able to put to be put on that project, um, like what what an honor, but also again a lot of pressure. <laughs> Yeah, she she references uh, that pressure uh, in that interview with uh, Black Girl Nerds, uh, and she she even says no pressure and jokes about it. Yeah, I mean, talk about it, like like oh no big deal. This is just the first attraction with you know the icon of the company. Yeah, no, <laughs> no pressure. And oh oh oh, and by the way, in Hollywood Studios, it's going to be replacing a ride that people absolutely love and mm -hmm. um, had this huge nostalgia for. So, <laughs> I mean, it could, what could go wrong, right? <laughs> I love Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. So, great job. Mm. 10 out of yeah. 10. I do too. I'm a big it's fan. It's a great attraction. Yeah. I love the great movie ride a lot. 
But I I said since like from the first time riding Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway that like they did a great job of bringing in a worthy if they were going to replace it, it's a worthy replacement. I just wish and I think most of us do that they had found a way to keep the great movie ride. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like nothing, nothing against Mickey and Minnie, uh, the runaway railway. It's, it's wonderful, but, um, but wow. Um, they, they did a great job with, with the attraction. And some of those effects are things that we hadn't seen before in other attractions. I, I think Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway has like one of the most fun pre-shows. Um, Stepping into the theater, watching you know Mickey and Minnie go for their picnic, and then Goofy literally busting <laughs> up the screen. Yeah, it's so cool, so it, unique. And then you get to step into the cartoon, like just it's so well thought through. Using the theater the way they did, I think was inspired, like uh, really creative and and wonderful. So um, yeah, I it 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 makes me very very proud um, of what she did. Um, so now I'm, I'm referencing an Essence.com article. So this is talking about the transformation of Splash Mountain. Imagineers will be working on transforming the classic Splash Mountain into a Princess and the Frog attraction at Disneyland and Magic Kingdom. Uh, as the first attraction centered around Disney's first black princess, Carter is grateful for the honor to be leading its creation. I'm extremely honored to have this responsibility. It's hard work. And yes, I'm nervous because I feel every day the weight of what it is that we're doing. But we've put together an amazing team of people. We're working with so many consultants and just really encouraging everybody who's touching this attraction to be curious and be humble and be open to learning, expanding on what ways we can tell this story. She adds, we're building upon what was done with the animated film. We're telling the next chapter of the story. We have this beautiful opportunity to give the character of Tiana depth and a dimensional space. I'm honored and excited. And I just feel like, yes, I'm ready. Let's do this. So that's the attitude. I think that's the attitude she has to have with the way her career has gone. Grab the bull by the horns and go. Um, but man, I it makes me so excited because I think you know we we during during um, during the last several years, Disney has really done a great job of putting more emphasis on one of their keys, which is the diversity and inclusion uh, key uh, to their core values. Um, and one thing that I feel somewhat like anxious and nervous about is you do have this faction of people and, and I'm just I mean, we'll talk vaguely about this that are against the they're 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 going to come out and speak out against Tiana's Bayou Adventure for the wrong reasons. Um, and they spoke out about the refurbishment of Splash or the replacement of Splash for the wrong reasons. And so like knowing and, and it's not it's no secret like all that all that's out there and Disney's aware of the backlash and um, like that's just additional added pressure um, on on Charita's shoulders that she's dealing with. Um, but it really does to me feel like she's got the right mentality and attitude. And I I feel so excited to see what her first attraction as the lead Imagineer is going to look like. I, I have a lot of very like uh, positive, like hope that this is going to be such a fun, really amazing ride. And I think people 20, 30 years from now are going to look at it and be like, yeah, this was absolutely the right thing to do um, regardless of what the day one reaction is. So 
Um, yeah, echo everything you said. And I love the fact that she's not shying away from the pressure. She showed it when when she was a part of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, uh, bringing on the pressure, the onus of replacing not only a beloved attraction in the great movie ride, but also, you know, like, yeah, this is the first attraction with Mickey. But also in, in the instance of Tiana replacing uh, Splash Mountain and all the extracurricular that comes with replacing Splash Mountain. She does know that there's pressure, and I love the fact that she doesn't shy away from it. She's like, yeah, bring it on. I'm going to knock this out of the park. And I do think that, like you said, 20, 30 years down the down the road, when all the extracurricular has been forgotten, people are just going to be like, yeah, it's a great attraction. Yeah, all time. Period. All time great. It's, 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 you know, it's we will just be considering it like part of the mountain range of Magic Kingdom. And yep. Sure, people will remember Splash from nostalgia standpoint fondly, but I, I think that think about the kids that are going to go and experience Tiana's Bayou Adventure for the first time that have never been to Magic King before, and that's going to be one of the first rides they get to experience, and especially if they are members of minor- minority communities or specifically the black community, and they ride this ride and get to see a princess that looks like like them being featured. Mm-hmm on a headline attraction in the magic kingdom that's got it that's gonna really that's gonna that's gonna make a real impact and i feel it it fills my heart so very excited to see what happens there but uh nothing but nothing but uh the highest regard for charita carter and uh yeah um can't wait to see what she does next I mean, that's not fair of me to say that she's already done great things. <laughs> she's already done great things. But, yeah, I mean, she just it seems like she's only getting started, I guess, is what I what I mean. So very cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up the show for today. Steffers, welcome back. Hi. So glad to have you back with us on the monorail. And. Welcome back to a, a Adventures. I really wanted to say Avengers. <laughs> Just say it. It's okay. You can say it. <laughs> Welcome back to Avengers slash Adventures with Steffers. Um, thank you for having me as guest number one. It was very, very fun. And um, I don't know. Do you have episode two in the can? Episode two was recorded. I just have to edit it, and uh, it'll be released probably next week. Fantastic. I know Angela Dahlgren is your guest, right? Mm-hmm. Very good. She is. Very good. Angela Dahlgren, the one that famously, whether it was good a good idea or not, got in a vehicle with three guys she'd never met before to go to the, <laughs> the opening day of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Um uh, and but she did threaten us with her jujitsu, um, yeah. mm-hmm. just Literally to keep the us. First words out of her mouth. I know jujitsu. <laughs> I'm Landon. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was that was a good time. I'm looking forward to that episode, Steffers. Where tell people where they can find you and find Adventures with Steffers. Um, I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Adventures with Steffers, and then I'm on the Twitter, but not really. But it's it's Steffers. I-T-S-S-T-E-P-H-E-R-S because, you know, it's Stuffers. And um, Adventures with Stuffers is on all your podcatchers, so go listen and enjoy. Do it. Smiley face. You got to do it. Very, very exciting. Um, Landon, how about you, sir? 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, L-A-N-D-O-Z. Please go follow me, Landon Don't. I'm the best, Landon Don't, not the rest. That's you can follow me 280 characters at a time. I uh, also normally appear on The Phil Show, News Talk 98.7, WOKI radio station, locally here in Knoxville, Tennessee, streaming 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at Newstalk987.com. Also available in the iHeartRadio app and the Newstalk987 app as well. I say normally, but, you know, for the next two weeks, I'm not going to be there. So, you know... It's kind of like 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 uh, when Poochie's not on screen. Everybody just stands around asking, hey, where's Poochie? <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I'm going to be down in Orlando, Florida. So that's going to be pretty dope. Um, uh, if you see me in the park, say, hey, wave at me and uh, buy me a drink. That would be even more dope. And uh, also, I'm not going to be here for the next couple of weeks oh. either. So, uh, you know, there's that. We're going to miss yeah. you. We're going to miss you, Landon. No, you're you going to have such a great time. Oh, <laughs> Never mind. I'm just. I'll see myself out. Gotta go. No, no. I, I, uh, I will uh, miss y'all too. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, being on vacation because uh, you know uh, the the whole snow and, and and living at work for a week and that your boy is ready to unplug for a while. <laughs> Understood. Makes sense. Um, so Landon and Steffers, I just sent to the group chat. A picture that Casey took of me with my Big Fire 75 Aww, proudly displayed. You're so cute. So I've got. That's Insta worthy. Yeah, uh, so. it will. I'm going to put it out there, but I wanted to tease it here. You guys get to see it first. So, as referenced earlier in the show, me with my signature pink drink. If you want to see that, you better go over and follow Morning Monorail on Instagram. That's M-O-R-I-N-G, M-O-R-N-I-N-G, morning, M-O-N-O-A, no. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Unhinged Podcast. (laughs) Oh, I'm not spelling. F-bomb and I didn't drop it. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Morning monorail on all the things. In fact, there's a website, morningmonorail.com. We also have a Facebook group. It's the Monday Morning Monorail fam. Join the Facebook group. And there's a Discord if you really want to jump in and join the conversation every week. Thank you all so much for listening. I apologize for my foul mouth, but I just got back from Mardi Gras. <laughs> That's what happens. Don't be blaming Mardi Gras for that. <laughs> oh, man. Um. Yeah, it's been a good time, and we're going to have more good times. I hope to see you all back here next week, even though Landon won't be here. We'll we will uh, hold try. Down the fort. We'll try our best to hold down the fort. Yeah, so so come back, bring a friend. We love you all so much. Uh, thank a team member. Thank a cast member. Be excellent to each other, and party on, dudes. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. See you. Welcome aboard the Monday. Mo- I'm going to do it again because I feel like I had <laughs> a junk in my throat. <laughs> it was like, wow. Hmm. I just say we keep it. Okay. Flim. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>